As I mentioned, the Northern Territory government recently passed amendments to the medicines, poisons and therapeutic goods legislation. It does allow pharmacists, from what we can gather, to supply life-saving medications to prevent overdoses. But joining me on the line to tell us a little bit more is the Pharmacy Guild of Australia's Northern Territory branch president, Peter Hatswell. Good morning to you, Peter. Good morning, Katie. Great to have you on the show. Um, Peter, I've got to say, we've all been a little bit confused about what exactly this legislation means. Can you give us a bit further detail about what this change does mean and maybe even an example of, uh, of how it would work? Well, the legislation basically opens the door to allow appropriately trained pharmacists and certain other qualified health professionals to diagnose and treat everyday acute and chronic conditions so they can you know there is a, a, a great need in the community for um for other health professionals besides gps to be able to uh, yeah. deal with with those common conditions and so it's a it's a really good thing for the community and so what kind of conditions would it include? I mean, is it only um, medications to prevent overdoses or does this go much broader? Well, the overdose um, part, as, as with naloxone, that, that's a very important life-saving uh, change and that's kind of directly in the legislation. So pharmacists uh, and other like health professionals can can uh, give out uh, naloxone injection, which uh, which would save someone's life if they were in an overdose situation, either whether it's uh, illegally obtained or legally. So it can happen. And, and there are people dying pretty much every day Australia-wide from overdoses, and so this is really important. But the other thing that uh, this legislation does, and not directly, it basically opens the door to that pharmacists and other health professionals can treat, uh, diagnose and treat um, a range of, of things. Um, well, in particular, we've, uh, there's about 23 that have been uh, named by the Queensland pilot and uh, New South Wales trial, uh, like asthma, gastro and nausea and vomiting, urinary tract infections, ear infections, skin infections, the oral contraceptive pill, pill a number of um, other uh, things. That's just a short list, but there's yep. quite a few. The legislation itself doesn't actually restrict it. That's really now in the in the hands of uh, of the pharmacy guild to come up with those those everyday conditions that uh, we're going to we're going to train pharmacists to treat. Yeah, right. Because this is something that you and I have spoken about before um, previously, and whether it was something that should actually, you know, be able to happen, and and whether territorians should be able to to come in and see a pharmacist rather than in some cases, you know, having to to go and get an appointment with a GP. Yeah, exactly. It's. Um, it has come through. Uh, there's obviously, it's just, just the first step to yeah. create the legal kind of opening. Uh, but now, uh, you know, with the educational program, so pharmacists uh, will need to go through quite an extensive training program, 120 hours, uh, supervised uh, as well, and to become appropriately trained to be able to uh, to deal with these conditions. And, of course, we need the sort of the, the guidelines the clinical guidelines that uh, that the pharmacists will follow in order to treat um, these conditions, and these are the same guidelines that uh, that doctors already use um, for the for treating the same conditions. And so, what work will the pharmacy guild sort of have to conduct now in order to get that happening? 
Well, the Pharmacy Guild is is in the process now of creating those training modules um, that the pharmacists uh, can can use to become appropriately qualified, and they are also working on the, uh, the the standard treatment guidelines, which, like I said, as I say, it's ba- they're based on the exact same guidelines that uh, GPs currently use for uh, treating those conditions. So that all that framework and the the whole controlling, making sure that uh, that nobody, you know goes out there and tries to treat something that not they don't know exactly what they're doing. But that's all going to be part of the process. And in the end, we're going to have, um, you know, the, the option for uh, com- the community people to go to their pharmacy and, and get treated for those conditions rather than waiting, you know, potentially uh, weeks to see a GP or, you know, worse still, end up in a hospital with some very serious consequences of not getting treatment. So, Peter, how soon do you reckon we are going to see, uh, you know, Territorians being able to go to the pharmacy and and do that? Well, the, the, the treatment protocols are being sort of drafted. They should be ready um, early next year, as well as the uh, training modules that uh, will be available but then it's really a matter of, of everybody the pharmacists who want to partake and, and be able to diagnose and treat these things have to then go through the uh, educational process and it, it could be a, it's it's just the early days so yeah. i'd say it would be either late or sort of mid to late next year or possibly even 2024 so you know everyone needs to know you know to go through that process and 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 be all ready to, to go. And I'm thinking it, it's, it is going to take a little while, so not just yet. Do you reckon there'll be a big take-up from pharmacists? Do you reckon that there'll be quite a few pharmacists that, that do want to go down that path? Well, who knows? I really hope so. Yep. Um, I do believe there are some areas that it really particularly suits. There are places in Australia and in the NT where, there, um, where there's a population base but no... Uh, GP actually available. Uh, Tennant Creek is one of them. Um, yep. And uh, at certain times, areas like Catherine have do end up going without a GP. And those places, you know, this is a particularly a valuable resource for them. So I really hope they do take it up. And I'm certain the Guild is certainly going to be working with all those community pharmacies and, and encourage them to do so and provide them whatever support they need to make it happen. But you know, in Darwin and Alice Springs, absolutely, I, I, I know there will be people that take it up. I just don't know who at this stage. That's up to that's a decision. Yeah. So, Peter, you do reckon that this is going to have quite a good benefit in some of our more regional and remote locations? Absolutely. This is where I think the the great value is. But there's nowhere in Australia that isn't suffering, and and the GPs Australia wide are suffering from huge over overwork situation where they're having to, you know, there are many doctors saying that they're working for weeks on end without a single day off, and that's 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 bad. It's, it's of no fault of their own. They're doing the best they can, but working weeks and weeks and long hours is a dangerous situation, and, and no one should be put in that situation, not the doctors, not the patients, who are, you know, who are going to see someone who, who could potentially be you know, exhausted, and, you know, we need to help. We need to help where we can. Someone has just messaged through and asked, if someone's overdosing, how can they walk into a pharmacy and get, uh, uh, excuse my pronunciation, uh, naloxine? What, uh, what a croc, says that person? I mean, what, what would you say to them? Well, it's about anticipation. I think uh, they're, you're, they're absolutely right. They're, they're overdosing. They're not, but 
but if they can, if they are in a potentially dangerous situation where they could be um, taking, um, they're, however they get them, yeah, they can now get them to have on hand, and they can have them in their uh, in their in their medicine cabinet, and the people who are living with people who are, uh, you know, could potentially overdose, well, clearly they, then if they have them in their possession, if you have a loved one that you, as much as you try that they do, um, uh, they do take uh, opioids, yeah. uh, either legally or illegally, then they should have uh, one of these things available for them. And that, yes, it could save lives. But so it's, you know, obviously we can't magically make this happen, but people do end up uh, taking their loved ones uh, to a pharmacy um, in an overdose situation or at least run to the pharmacy uh, when they know someone is, is in trouble and get get what they need. I mean, the people who have overdosed are, are clearly um, not responsive and, uh, and there is a small window, albeit small, it needs to happen and it happens as soon as possible and it can still save their life if they can get the thing quick enough. Peter, more broadly, uh, with the changes to this legislation and, and with the fact that it does really open the door then to pharmacists being able to diagnose, you know, certain, uh, certain, certain types of ailments, um, do you reckon there's going to be much pushback from the GPs? Look, I, I hope not. I believe that they've already spoken out and they're worried that there's going to be a, dan- a dangerous situation and someone, say, for instance, could be taking, uh, coming in for a urinary tract infection five, six times. And then, of course, the whole point is that if it's going on that often, then there might be something else going wrong. Well, pharmacists are the, the medication experts. They they know uh, the actions of the medications. They know the side effects, the interactions of those medications with drugs and foods. Uh, they also know when someone shouldn't take the, med- med- the medicine, so yep. there's a, a contraindication of some sort. They also, and this is a vital point, they know the trigger points um, when a GP is the next appropriate step, and, and that's the safeguard, you know, and we... You can't predict all the possible things that could be wrong. And, and GPs treat people in the same way. They start off with the simple solution. But if there's a, a red flag, something's going wrong, the person's come out too often or too quickly or it's not resolving, then it's time to start investigating for other possible uh, situations where where there's like a potentially uh, it's either a sexually transmitted disease or it could be a cancer situation. Well, that's the same process the pharmacist will refer. And so there's obviously a need to look into this deeper and your GP is the next person you should see and that's what we do. And the, all the records, every time someone would go and get treated by a pharmacist, those records are uploaded online yeah. and that information is available for any other pharmacist to access with the patient's permission to say, okay, if they if a patient goes to three different pharmacies and gets the same thing, well, the pharma each subsequent pharmacist yeah. would be able to see that and realise there's a red flag. Yeah. And of course, that patient's GP uh, will also be able to access the same information with the patient's permission yep. and see. Okay, I can see what's been happening. It's time to look. It's look to look more deeper. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. Pharmacy Guild of Australia's Northern Territory branch president Peter Hatswell. I always appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having a chat to us about this change. Thanks for having me on, Katie. Thank you.